This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast hosted by Dr. Leslie Knudsen. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. Hello, and I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. I'm very happy to welcome to today's show's Tiffany. Welcome, Tiffany, and thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Tiffany St. Bernard is a Cornell University PhD in biomedical engineering, tech entrepreneur, diversity and inclusion advocate, and mentor. Currently, Tiffany is a postdoctoral fellow at Cornell Tech in New York, uh, New York City, and the CEO and co-founder of Hair Days, Hair AI for Hair and Scalp Health. Tiffany is passionate about solving challenging problems with a scientific approach and created Hair Days to help solve existing disparities related to hair and scalp health. Prior to founding Hair Days, she served as the program manager and senior fellow at the Cornell Blackstone Launchpad Program, an analyst at Excel Partners Venture Capital Fund, chair of Cornell's Diversity and International Committee, and fund manager at the Cornell Big Red Venture Fund. In addition to her operational experience, she has founded and brought to market mobile apps spanning the hair tech, linguistics, nonprofit, and social e-commerce markets. In her spare time, she enjoys mentoring aspiring entrepreneurs and helping them realize their dreams. Tiffany's family is from Grenada, Wisconsin, and she grew up in Connecticut, where she earned an AS in science with Tunix Community College and a BA from the University of Connecticut. Tiffany, would you share with our listeners a bit about your entrepreneurial journey, which began with your father and grandmother being entrepreneurs and continued through to your PhD as a biomedical engineer? Yeah, sure. Um, um, I'd love to talk about that. So as you mentioned, my dad, he's an entrepreneur, um, but he actually was a physician. And so he was doing like more of the traditional traditional medical route, but then started his own practice. And so that kind of sparked a lot of interest in entrepreneurship for me, as well as my grandmother um, in Grenada in the West Indies. She, she actually uh, used to rent out her apartment to um, uh, to medical students um, on the island. And so that was also another uh, inspiration for entrepreneurship for me. Um, uh, but for my personal experience, uh, I, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur for the longest, but I didn't necessarily know what entrepreneurship was. I found myself wanting, like as, as a kid, wanting to make t-shirts and sell them and you know, wanting to uh, basically understand finance and understand how to, uh, you know, flip things or, uh, you know, generate revenue. Uh, but I didn't actually know what entrepreneurship was until I was probably uh, in, 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 um, in undergrad, uh, towards the end of undergrad, actually, when I realized that entrepreneurship was something that I was passionate about. Um, and my first uh, like entry into uh, entrepreneurship was my nonprofit organization, uh, Many Mentors, which connects in middle and high school students with college mentors in the STEM field. So the science, technology, engineering, math. 
Um, and now fast forward <laughs> many years, uh, I, um, after going into my PhD at Cornell, I knew that I wanted to take this uh, a deep tech experience and apply it to um, entrepreneurship when I graduated. So I was lucky to end up in the Sodic Mems Research Lab uh, where with Dr. Um, Amit Lal, which was my advisor, and he was super supportive of me gaining entrepreneurship experience as well as uh, my research technical experience um, while I was pursuing my PhD. How, tell us about your business and how is it doing now? Yeah, so, uh, uh, so Hair Days was originally an idea while I was a PhD student. And so Hair Days is um, a, a data company or tech company focused around hair and scalp health. Uh, at Hair Days, we build computer vision or AI models that analyze hair and scalp health and uh, map that to hyper-personalized uh, product recommendations and content recommendations. And so the goal here is to help individuals with hair scalp issues, concerns, or they want, they're want they trying to figure out how do they navigate this quick, like um, insane world with all these products and all this content, how do they figure out uh, what's gonna work best for them? So that's where we are today. And uh, we recently received an SBIR uh, phase one, which is amazing. It's just such an honor to receive this grant uh, that's going to help propel our venture board. Congratulations. That's very exciting. Thank you. So you spent many years being competitive figure skater when you were in high school. And at some point you were also homeschooled so that you could compete. What are some of the takeaways from this experience? Well, I would say that one of the things when you're an Olympic track figure skater or, you know, doing any type of really competitive sport, I would say that um, grit, determination, overcoming challenges and being able to, you know, pick yourself up is something that I have a lot of practice with. I mean, every day, like to achieve any particular jump or spin or anything, you have to fall, fall, fall many times. And so that kind of is translatable into business or other areas of your life, being accustomed or used to failing. Uh, or, or and overcoming those failures to achieve what you're you're aspiring to is something that I definitely take away from being an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I know that your academics were somewhat compromised because of your figure skating because you were homeschooled, and yet you overcame this and went on to the PhD at Cornell. I wonder what are some of the things that you learned from that in terms of being able to pick up your academics while also being demand, have a demanding competitive schedule? Yeah, so, uh, so the question was, how did I balance? Over, yeah, how did you overcome the, the academic, having been homeschooled and then went on to do great academic things? Yeah, it, I think that I, it's similar to what I was mentioning before about the uh, being accustomed to failing. Um, of course, I'm human, and when you are failing, it it's hard, it's, it's stressful. And I um, remember the first class I took uh, with uh, Tungsis Community College, where um, I worked all day, every day on this math class, and I um, barely passed. But I was lucky that I did have a support network of my parents and family that were were basically helped me understand and realize that um, 
I didn't have the background to ace that class and I should be proud that I passed it and see this as a stepping stone to improve and grow. And, and that's what it has been. And so I ended up um, graduating with a 3.5 GPA. So, you know, it, it, it took a lot of work, but I was able to still achieve it. Tell me what's so exciting about solving big tech, big problems in tech. What's well, so exciting about that? Yeah. Well, one, it, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of, um, especially in hair care space or hair health space, there's not a lot of people working in the space. So there's a lot of opportunity for innovation. Um, it's a challenging problem. So it's not actually that very simple to solve. Um, and I, I see how it can really impact people's lives, especially on the mental health or self-confidence side of things, um, which is super important to me. Uh, having come from the figure skating world where everything's about beauty and all about, mm -hmm. about how you look, I see how it weighs on many people's self-confidence. And, and, you know, if you're not happy, like oftentimes you're not necessarily that healthy. And so I see, see like, even though it's hair and hair and scalp health, I see how it translates into also mental health and sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of woman who always wanted to fit in? I I think maybe when I was younger, I might have. Um, but I I think I've leaned into being different and I embrace different. Uh, I mean, right now my hair is turquoise and my hair is typically usually very bright colors. Mm -hmm. um, and I usually try and do things that are, um, you know, break, break societal norms or stereotypes um like one of the one of my um like models or goals when i was a phd student was to kind of change how people see perceive scientists and engineers um and um i definitely don't see a lot of uh women of color or even women in uh ai machine learning and it's changing which is amazing but uh until that is like more on the equal no playing field right now. I, I I do like being part of no change. How did you how did you try to break the image of what it looked like to be a a, a woman in technology? So part of it is by doing it. By doing it, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just by doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh -huh. also um, realizing that. Um, I also kind of, I looked different. I typically have a different style than um, many people um, in that space and embracing that and using that as a um, opportunity to let other people that are or do feel different to, um, to, to feel like it can be done. Right. It's inspiration for others. It's almost like basically being myself in a space that where there's not a lot of people like me. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's how I was approaching that problem. And then and then being able to role model it for others around you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you spoke to me earlier about being not afraid to ask all the stupid questions that you needed to know. What allows you to ask these questions? And in your report and in your opinion, why is it important to ask all these questions? Yeah, well, ha not having the like. So even in figure skating, when I, I went from like being almost dead last in like, say, region to being number one the entire, you know, time after that. Um, and the 
part of how I'm able to overcome certain barriers quickly uh, is by filling those voids with information knowledge from others uh, that would otherwise take me years to figure out myself, right? So, so I take that similar lesson in um, in the academic world or business world, right? You could spend years to gain wisdom, which there's no really fast way to gain wisdom without someone having gone through it before and then imparting that knowledge, on, um, you know, on you. And so, I feel like it's really important for me to be able to move forward and evolve and grow by asking people or surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me in many different areas. Um, and, and that's how I'm able to, um, and that's why I'm not afraid to ask the question because I don't see there's a, um, a better solution. <laughs> and I also don't think that if anyone judges you for asking questions, the problem to me is them, not you. <laughs> so mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you shouldn't be upset. At least I look at it as uh, I can't be upset because you want to judge me. I, I, I ask the question and if you're willing to help, then I welcome that knowledge. And if not, that's fine. Somebody else is out there that's willing to help and support you. It almost sounds like it's worse to just stay where you are and not know why you didn't go forward. Exactly. It's easier just to fill in, not to fill in the blanks, but anyways, to understand why you are where you're at. Yeah, exactly. It's worse to just stay where you're at. <laughs> yeah. But I it's, mean, it's too high. The, the consequence for not asking um, or not like, you know, yeah, asking questions or putting yourself out there is that you don't grow, which is mm -hmm. definitely worse <laughs> than someone putting you down. So when you do have doubts about yourself or your company, how do you, how do you learn to believe in yourself again? Is it a matter of learning? Is it a matter of trial and error? Uh, for me, it's been a practice, uh, you know, practice in um, realizing that I can eventually get back to that place where, um, you know, in, in the startup, in the startup world, Right, it's really a roller coaster, right? And within the same day, you can be getting the best news, and then a minute later, get the worst news. <laughs> and, and, right, it's a, it's a series of problems and challenges that you're overcoming each day. Um, and I, I can't. I, I try to uh, to understand that like there's going to be bright side, there's going to be upside, right? And so like I'm really looking at each problem as I try to look at it isolated and say, okay, how can I logically overcome this barrier and challenge? Um, and and dwell dwell more on solutions than the problem itself. So you look at the problem as a okay, this is what we need to address, and then really spend more time obsessing about solutions for that problem, and then you knock that off and move on to the next. So um, it sounds simple when I talk about it, but I know it's a, it requires practice to be able to think like that, and it took years for me to get there. So for the people who are fearful of failing because they want to be perfect. Your sense is what to 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 not fall into that trap is to look at solutions for having to do better just from um, from where you are right now as opposed to perfect. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a challenge. I, I would say even I have with to balance the what is good enough, right? Like because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you could, you know, there is a sense where you want place where you want to have things that are very high quality, you know, put together well and stuff like that. But you could spend a lot of time like in just like R&D or spend a lot of time with just trying to make things look pretty. But it was great. Like someone would have loved that product like 
maybe months or years earlier. Um, and oftentimes, if you wait till it's perfect, you launch too late. Um, and so it's it's really just, um, you know, for th that particular problem, if we're talking about on the business side, it's talking to the customers and understanding what they want and what's important to them and trying to take your feelings out of it. Um, because it doesn't have to be good for enough for you. It needs to be good enough for the customer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You spoke of how important it is to advocate for yourself. What, where does that come from? That comes from my previously not advocating for myself and realize, <laughs> yeah, and realizing it didn't really work out well. <laughs> so, yeah. When you do not advocate for yourself, then yeah, it's it's even it's even hard for your advocates to advocate for you if you aren't speaking up for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you have to know what you're looking for and what you need, stuff like that, so that other people can support and rally for you. And you have to ask for that help. A lot of times, people are willing to help and support if you actively ask them and you tell them exactly what you need. Um, and, and so it's, it just really hasn't worked out well for me in the past when I didn't. Um, and that comes also, that was when I, I think my confidence wasn't as great. Um, and I was working on it, you know, when I was younger, um, yeah, being, being an advocate for yourself is really important. Yeah. And I want to really underscore that if you're not advocating for yourself, then your advocates are going to have a hard time advocating for you too. I mean, I think that's super important. Yeah, definitely. Um, taking challenges are important, are important to you. How do you work through those moments that when you're running your own business and, and going through so much and tired and exhausted and, and, and how do you, how do you finish? How are you able to take care of yourself? <laughs> I laugh because that's, Ooh, it's so hard. Um, because I can, I can go, 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 but right. Or I think that answers to that question, um, for, I can tell about for myself, but I think the, the real solution to that is different for each person because I think we have to, have to kind of take a second to understand why we are ha struggling with, like what's, what, what is really the problem for us individually. Mm -hmm. For me, it's that I enjoy what I'm doing, right? And so in, but because I enjoy building businesses and working on what I'm doing, I could be lost in it for hours and hours <laughs> without noticing time fly by. Um, you know, it's like, you know, uh, and so for me, uh, I surround myself with people that are supportive. Um, my, my partner, boyfriend, he is always um, kind of looking out for making sure that I'm, you know, doing what I need to do, taking breaks and we're do, uh, like go for a walk or, um, you know, um, you go out to eat or, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, so having a team or a tribe around you to help support you and grow in different areas that you need to, um, it, that, that works well for me. Great. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on my show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. In order for our audience to be able to find more about you online, can you tell us a little bit about how they would find you? Absolutely. So right now they can email me at Tiffany at myhairdays.com or you can visit us on our website at gainclarity.io. Uh, you can also find us in the app store at Clarity with exclamation mark. Okay, great. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. 
This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.